This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome to Wednesday. I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Between the migrant situation in Chicago, spring and summer violence, and any number of other issues that a big city mayor has to deal with, Brandon Johnson has his work cut out for him. And now, the city's finances. The Civic Federation released a new report today, and it identifies several ongoing financial problems Chicago is facing, including the city's underfunded pensions. Acting President Sarah Wetmore says the organization is, quote, concerned about how the city will continue to fund its obligations in the face of high inflation and a potential economic downturn. The report outlines recommendations for Mayor Johnson. It says spending cuts and new revenue will likely be necessary. Many of the options to generate more funds require state approval. One area the city does have under control is property taxes, which Johnson has vowed not to raise. But the report says it shouldn't be ruled out. Could be a stable source of revenue. And it suggests that the city has the capacity to increase residential property taxes without losing its competitive edge. Here are a couple statewide updates. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed two measures dealing with workers' rights and striking. My colleague Alex Degman is looking into these. He says one of the new laws makes it a misdemeanor to interfere with a picket line. And if you do, there will be a minimum fine of $500. Ed Maher is a spokesman for the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. He says this could apply to anti-union bystanders, but mostly is targeting employers. That includes employers who've put concrete blocks out and covered them with honey to attract bees, uh, dumped piles of manure, just put uh, concrete barriers to stop anybody from standing there and force them to have to stand in the road. The other measure prohibits employers from suing picketers over unintentional damage or economic loss because of a strike. This one stemmed from the U.S. Supreme Court case that considered whether a company in Washington state could sue workers over concrete left in trucks during a strike. The fiscal year budget for Illinois was finalized a week or so ago. It takes effect next month. And apparently it includes less money for a particular electric vehicle rebate program. The budget earmarks $12 million for EV rebates, which is about $7 million less than last year. The decline is concerning for Brian Urbaszewski. He's with the Respiratory Health Association, a group that backs EV growth and is based in Chicago. It's just really not going to do much at all, and it's going to cause the public to lose confidence in the, in the program. About 4,800 rebates were awarded last year before the money ran out. The typical rebate is about $4,000 to a state resident who buys a new or used EV from an Illinois licensed dealer. Urbaszewski is concerned the rebate cut could hinder the state's goal of getting 1 million electric vehicles on the road by 2030. And now for a few quick hits. 
Chicago Public Schools has announced that its leader overseeing special education is stepping down. The department has been troubled for a while now, and it has recently faced additional controversy over how it handled training related to the use of physical restraints. CPS says it'll do a national search for a new leader. And the city of Chicago moved forward yesterday with its plan to relocate migrant families staying at a Northside YMCA to Richard J. Daly College on the southwest side. As I mentioned earlier this week, the plan had been delayed since some migrants reportedly wanted to stay where their kids were enrolled in summer programs. The city has been adding more shelters and respite centers, but conditions and capacity continue to be a problem. And today is World Blood Donor Day. But apparently, fewer people under the age of 30 are given blood these days. As a way to increase donations from young people, a new technology is being offered. It's a digital reality headset that aims to make the blood donor experience more pleasant. Abbott and Blood Centers of America will feature the new technology in Aurora and Tinley Park this week. As for the weather, still cool, partly cloudy today with high temperatures in the upper 60s, lows going down to the upper 50s. There's also a slight chance of rain. And that's it for now. But later today, I've been talking on the rundown about the investigation my colleagues at the Sun-Times and WBEZ recently did looking into the 50 Chicago schools that were closed 10 years ago and how things are going now. It's been one or two nuggets here and there on the show, but this afternoon, we're going to get the full story. You know, we went through about two decades of the sort of blow-em-up education policy, Mm -hmm. you know, that if we can only just get rid of the teachers, if we can only get rid of this, get rid of that, that we'll be able to improve schools. And I think that two decades on, that a lot of our reporting seems to say that it it doesn't work like that. We'll talk about what role schools play in communities. And it's more than just educating students. That's today at 2 o'clock right here. I'm Erin Allen. I'll talk to you then.